0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Biz Pod. Today is Friday, July 3rd, and this is the Sports Biz Rundown. I'm your host, Nick Hayden, the founder of Sports Biz Group. And every Friday, we release a podcast and a newsletter that very concisely covers the top sports biz news stories, top event uh, updates, top career openings, and other podcasts that we release this week as well, which could feature interviews with athletes, investors, entrepreneurs, and sports entertainment. So, to get right into this, I'll very concisely uh, help break you down what happened this week. Uh, into bite-sized pieces that will hopefully save you some time. So wherever you're listening to this, on the car um, from home or on vacation to maybe uh, you know July 4th weekend, uh, we hope you're, you're staying safe this weekend. So let's jump right this, into this with uh, some of the top sports biz news stories. So we'll start things off with uh, the Washington Redskins. They are currently on the hot seat right now to completely change their name and brand. Um, overnight, as of last night, Nike removed all of their apparel off the website. So if you search um, anything Redskins or anything Washington, um there's not going to be any apparel on the website. As well as FedEx has, uh, which is one of their number one sponsors. They've put hundreds of millions of dollars into the naming rights deal, and uh, the CEO of FedEx is also, a partial owner in the Redskins. They have also said, uh, we are not able to sponsor if unless you change your name. So uh, among the stadium, the naming rights, but also a stadium as well, they're not going to let them play there unless they change their name. So this is kind of amidst um, a lot of social injustice going on. And um, there has been some controversy in the past years about the Redskins having to change their name. But Right now, there really is no other ultimatum. It is change the name or you will lose their franchise, essentially. They're not going to have any sponsors. They're not going to have any apparel. They won't have anywhere to play. Um, And and the players as well, I'm sure they uh, also are very vocal about that too. But this is the past uh, week and more so the past few days, we've seen a lot of um, stories come up about big sponsors uh, pulling out, unless they do that. So... This will be uh, very interesting, and uh, as of today as well, a few hours ago, uh, we saw that the Washington Redskins um, released an official statement uh, saying that they are monitoring this very uh, seriously. So they heard all the complaints. Obviously, they've heard everything going on, so we'll see how they rebrand it, if they keep the same colors, um, if there's any type of ways to kind of rebrand it where it's not as big of a lift and there's maybe some way to – Kind of uh, draw in uh, the fans that are, you know have been loyal for uh, since the start of the the brand of Redskins. So um, we'll we'll follow this closely, but this is kind of breaking news that's really um, topping the headlines right now. And we'll see how actually the NFL season really will happen. Uh, moving on to another story that's kind of being canceled, um, where we have the minor league being canceled as of this Tuesday due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the head of the governing body said that more than half of the 160 teams are in danger of uh, failing without government assistance or private uh, equity injections. So there's going to be really difficult because uh, minor league baseball is already typically strapped for cash, uh, ticket sales, uh, the, the actual paying of their players, which is pretty low salaries, um, and not until they get into the, the big league. So as of this week, they uh, are officially scrapping the season, and that's going to have some really – Big economic impacts onto the smaller uh, local economies that really uh, rely on these baseball teams, um, even you know support the small local economy. Not be may not be selling out Yankee Stadium type numbers, but it's still really supporting small businesses and also supporting other vendors and athletes that are looking to make up the ranks. So this is big news, um, especially it's uh, you know very uh, grassroots um, approach and. There was already kind of discussions about this happening, but obviously the MLB might be very short on cash and very difficult to support this uh, minor league. And we'll see how this actually will impact if there's any ways for minor league players to progress back up into the MLB once that, that shortened 60-game 60, um, 60 season starts. So a lot of logistics, hopefully that by the end of this, they'll be able to come up with a solution to either have some economic support um, or some type of um, assistance for the people that are essentially out of jobs. Um, and then also how that kind of logistically works with just um, you know a pipeline for talent, not only in the front office, but also in uh, the athlete side of things. So that's another big story. Uh, moving on to some money type of conversations where um, The uh, Under Armour has uh, actually had one of the most largest uh, activities with uh, their apparel sponsorship of $280 million with UCLA. And they did that, I believe, in 2016. Um, Lots of money up front, lots of apparel up front, lots of other benchmarks to be met. And right now they're coming back to UCLA saying that they have not hit their benchmarks with the marketing materials that they should have gotten out of it. Uh, This is a very complex deal, Um, almost 10 years, uh, I believe, that uh, they're signing. But, um, you know, a lot of money up front. Uh, Benchmarks have not been made. The, you know, football team and basketball team have not been performing that well, which could be part of it. Um, But, yeah, UCLA received $15 million up front for the signing bonus. It's a 15-year contract, biggest deal in college sports history, and now they clearly are not happy with it. And, uh, you know, COVID could be an aspect to it. Uh, UCLA's athletic performance could be an aspect to it. Under Armour also is having very difficulties with their uh, their stock and, you know, their company and balance sheets. So there's a variety of issues uh, that are facing this. but. We'll see how this plays out. Potentially, it could be a way for Under Armour to try to get a better deal and try to maybe uh, downsize a little bit. It is gonna be very difficult to think about all the logistics. There's also a brand new athletic director coming into UCLA, so this is a very difficult problem for him to solve. But um, let's say, you know hypothetically, if Under Armour does pull out, and then another brand like Adidas or Nike or even Puma or, or other variety of brands come step in, they're able to come in with a very premium because um, you know this is a heavily discounted um, point out of this deal. There, you know, there's going to be speculation on the other brands that comes in, um, and then also just the amount of uh, money that was spent on actual UCLA apparel uh, that will have to be swapped out. That it's just a lot of mess to kind of clean up. So. We'll see. Potentially, it's not completely over yet. Um, we just heard news that Under Armour is looking to get out of it. This could be a negotiation tactic. We'll see. Um, it's definitely not the best look, but we'll see how this kind of plays out, and um, hopefully, you know, something can get resolved, and uh, both of them can kind of do what's best for them. So, um, interesting story developing there, and that's you know the largest sports deal. Um, In college athletics, and you know, also just comes to show you how much money these universities are making off of uh, the name, image, and likeness of their student athletes. So that's kind of another conversation where you know, if this deal were to happen um, five, ten years from now, when name, image, and likeness are really um, you know a lot more prevalent and a lot more open in states like California and Florida, um, well, could be a completely different story on how those deals are negotiated. But um, thought I'd bring that up. Another kind of money type of story to cover is um, happening that, that happened this July first, and it's known as Bobby Bonilla Day. So a story behind this is Bobby Bonilla, he um, had about 5.9 million dollars left on his contract with the New York Mets um, right around the 1999-2000 season, and uh, at the time the Mets were really strapped for cash. Their owner was unfortunately involved with the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. And they needed cash now. So this was one of the first deals of its kind where um, the Mets could not really fork up the $5.9 million at that time. So what they did uh, to negotiate is that they will pay Bobby Bonilla about one uh, $1,193,000 with an 8% interest rate each year. Um, and that's going to be... Um, You know, going on for I believe ten years. Let me let me confirm that right now. But it was a deferred payment that was kind of the first of its kind um, that would uh, push back the payments uh, every July first until twenty thirty five. And to give some context, Bobby Bonilla, the last time he played was in two thousand one. So he got a really good. Side of the deal, um, but essentially he's getting paid, you know, $1 million, um, I believe, starting in 2015 um, and then until 2035. So essentially, like he is set up even though he has no obligations to play. So let me confirm that. To- sorry, 2011 to 2035, every July 1st. Uh, Bobby Bonilla gets paid 1.19 roughly million with an eight, 1.8 per, or sorry, 8% interest. So, um, that's a, you know, deferred payment, um, that, that is kind of revolutionized and you'll see some other players that have adopted that kind of style and, uh, that, you know, could fee up, free up any type of space so on the budget. Um, but that's kind of an interesting story that happened, you know, July 1st and, um, you know, it's an interesting thing to know. And, um, you know, he, he's pretty much set up until 2035 and he doesn't have to play. And he last played in 2001. So it's good for him. Um, if you're a Mets fan, you might be scratching your head. How, you know, how do we, uh, how do we set that up? But, um, at the time and the given circumstances and, you know, kind of makes sense why they, they had to push it back a little bit. So, um, that was another money story. Uh, moving on to the last two stories that we'll cover, um, is esports and gaming related. So, this past week, the NBA 2K, uh, they announced uh, their three covers uh, for for the uh, Spotlight Athletes that will be featured on the covers. So, starting with the first release was with Damian Lillard, known as the current-gen cover. Then, Zion Williamson was uh, released for the next-gen um, uh, release. And then, finally, um, it was released with Kobe Bryant, uh, which was known as the Mamba Forever edition. Um, so... You know, he, he actually had two covers that were released, which were um, both great pieces of art, um, and uh, things like this were big news when the 2K cover comes out. Um, to give some perspective, Zion Williamson, he only played about 19 games his past season. Um, he's probably been the most hyped up prospect since LeBron James, and uh, it only took LeBron about 10 years to finally get on the 2K cover. So things have obviously definitely changed, and marketability And Zion is really relatable, and um, you know, in the sense of the, the gaming technology. So, you know, it's kind of perspective right there. And then Damian Lillard, he, he's kind of the uh, current, you know, generation player. Um, but, you know, it's great recognition for Kobe. Uh, rest in peace to him and um, all those impacted. But that, that was an amazing looking cover that just came out for, for 2K. And they're already on pre-sale. And I'm sure that this is going to be a very, you know, collector's item um, for, for this uh, newest edition of 2K. Uh, moving on to the next esports and gaming news, we have Philadelphia-based esports uh, company Nerd Street Gamers secured a 5.4 million dollar US convertible note um, that offered up to uh, about 10 million dollars in a convert. The company offered up to 10 million dollars as a convertible note, um, 5.4, which have been received, which will lead up to their Series B. Um, they have uh, investors like T1 um, T1 co-owners Com- um, Comcast Spectator. Um, uh, also, Seventy Six Capital, um, Elevate Capital, as well. So this is kind of big news. Where esports company like this in Philadelphia, um, they partners have partnerships with um, uh, with Five Below, and uh, they're, they're making some some really big waves into to their uh, finishing up their Series Eight round. So. Um, you know, big news right there with uh, the gaming space and you know a lot of money is being thrown into eSports and gaming so we'll see how this one progresses but they you know have been able to get over this hurdle and now they're kind of segueing into um, series B um, that covers all the top sports biz news stories we'll kind of go on to um, some some of the podcasts so if you haven't already please go follow or subscribe uh, wherever you consume this podcast. Uh, Earlier this week on Wednesday, we released an interview with Marcus Peterson, who is a NFL wide receiver. He is a model for LA Models. He's a graduate uh, with his MBA degree and he has his own apparel line. So we had a really great conversation about his kind of path of um, playing in England um, to get his MBA and then you know, uh, networking his way and working really hard and staying fit to, uh, ultimately get a spot on the LA chargers uh, roster. So go check that out. That was the last interview um, that we just did. And we have some really great interviews lined up right now, um, that will be released next week and, um, quickly going through over the top sports biz events. So we, um, had a very. Very comprehensive calendar that covers all the top sports biz events that were going on. Obviously, with COVID, a lot of stuff were moved around. So we're reorganizing that right now to give you some better ideas about when actual sporting events will happen. And then also when events, more social events or networking events or conferences will be back. So quickly kind of go through this with the MLS. They're set to return July 8th. MLB set to return July 24th. NBA is set to return July 30th, uh, World Tennis Association, August 3rd return, PGA Championship, August 6th through 9th, Champions League, August 12th to 23rd, FedEx Cup Playoffs, August 13th to September 7th, Indy 500, August 23rd, Kentucky Derby is going to happen September 5th, College Football Week 1, September 5th, with uh, no changes. Um to that NFL opening game, September 10th, with no change. The Preakness sk- Stakes was rescheduled to October 3rd, and then the Masters Golf Tournament is rescheduled to never, November 12th through 15th. So a lot of these are um, either rescheduled or shortened seasons, and a lot of them will um, have already made announcement that no fans are allowed um, in the premise. So um, some of them, like... Um, let's say the Masters, Preakness, um, Kentucky Derby, college football, NFL, they all have uh, not made announcements if there will or will not be fans. Um, From what we're seeing right now is that they are still planning to have fans and they're having different protocols to to kind of make that work. So we really just need to get through the summer and kind of finish the leagues that kind of were shut off in the middle of the season to really see a, a, a proper game plan to actually how we can make sure that there are fans in this, you know, safely um, and, and how can we make that work, whether what are the protocols or say there's a vaccine or what, whatever it may be, um, but really just need to get through the summer to kind of get a better idea what that will look like in the fall. And hopefully by the fall time, we'll have some better idea if we can actually have you know, regular sporting events with fans um, as that's much needed. Um, to wrap things up here, we're going to have the the top sports biz career openings that we've seen. We either get references from people in our network or we find them on LinkedIn, which is, uh, posted as of this last week. So these are top, um, career openings that we just recently found starting with BSC Global. They're looking for account representative in their member services department. DraftKings is looking for a senior TV growth marketing associate, uh, some mid-level jobs, 76 Capital is looking for a marketing manager um Vison, which is actually a portfolio company of 76 capital they're looking for a coordinator producer coordinating producer and then finally with some senior level jobs twitch is looking for a senior creative strategist and points bet is looking for a vp of growth marketing so these are um you know all companies that are actively hiring um they all happen to be either sports betting or gaming related which could be um you know Something to think about why uh, you know those are the types of jobs are being opening. Um, we've seen a lot of people furlough, uh, being furloughed, and actually starting to return pretty shortly, sometime this month. So uh, we'll see how that that's happened. And you know, if uh, if anyone just you know watching CNBC or any other news outlets, it was a really great job report that they announced. So we'll see how that actually comes to fruition within hospitality, leisure, entertainment. So these are all things that could be affecting us, and um, especially if you're working in sports or trying to, to make it into sports. So, uh, that, that kind of recaps the sports biz, uh, rundown again, this is available in, um, a newsletter format, uh, that we release every Friday as well. And I'll also typically bring on guests to this podcast as well to kind of provide some additional commentary, uh, for this one, uh, it was just me. So appreciate you uh, tuning in for all the people listening, Uh, We are going to be coming up with some new ways to kind of keep you engaged, hear you more, um, different giveaways, different ways to activate, things like that, that we really just want to make this a a great uh, podcast listening experience wherever you listen this to. So thank you again, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.